are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. Our topic of the show uh, is going to be a doozy. <laughs> uh, we are here, finally, starting out our picks of the year? Question mark? Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I am, of course, your host. The one and only Bebop man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined as almost always by my two co-hosts, Dylan, I'm already over this, Martin, and Austin, it's only the first week, Stevens. How's it going? Are, are, are those the same nicknames from last year? No, I changed them. They're, <laughs> they're, they're ever so slightly different names from last they year. They sounded so similar. They, yeah. yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, well, we're all basically dying um i am dying because my uh brain is malfunctioning um well, and you normal. guys are you guys are dying because you have a cold or no something. that's not what i have <laughs> oh yeah what did you ever figure that out figured it out but it's like i not it's, it's not a cold just, it's not a cold i i was like a day away from my body going into sepsis and I'm still, Oh, that's the, fun. Yeah. I'm just very fatigued and tired. I can't get enough sleep mm, and I'm damn. still having to go to work. Damn shit, dude. That's, but it sucks, but getting there. I'm going to be just the guy to ask what is sepsis? Um, essentially. So what I thought started as a cold, um, wasn't a cold. Mm -hmm. It was, it's, it, it turned into tonsillitis and pharyngitis at the same time. And then Fuck. my body wasn't responding to the antibiotics. So, and it was amoxicillin. It was a strong dose. So five days in, I, I go back to urgent care because so, I knew something wasn't right. Um, yeah. I could physically feel something not right in my body and turned out that, when I walked in, my fever was 102.5 and essentially the infection that was in my, I guess, throat was spreading through my body. And the doctor told me it was a matter of when, not if my body went into sepsis. So sepsis is essentially when an infection gets so strong, it starts attacking and shutting down organs and you die. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um. So it turns out there was like lesions all along my lymph nodes and I had an abscess in my throat, making it almost impossible for me to swallow. Um, and because of the pain from it, I couldn't sleep for about a week straight. I would sleep for 15 minutes and then I would wake up and uh, that would be it. I, I couldn't. Um, oh, the night that we recorded the last podcast together was the last night that I was okay. Shit. Jesus. Yeah. So how, how are you like still working and dealing with them? I, the medicines <laughs> help. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess you have to, to like fucking I survive, do. but damn. And I took, I took a day off after the hospital and then I've just been back ever since. Fuck Christ, that. man. Um, I'm just, it's just a tired and fatigue and I don't have energy at all. And you don't, it, um, 
Like, mm-hmm. do you do you have any options for like a like a like a medicinal leave of absence or anything like that? No. <laughs> oh, okay. This is retail we're talking about. Yeah, here. that's very true. That is super true. During the busiest time of the year. Yeah, they're not going to let you have off for shit. They're like, we'll no. just chain you to the back. They did work with me. I, I don't want to make it seem like they did not work with me because they did. They gave me the time away I needed. Like if I did have to call out, they would. They were very, um, you know, gracious with it. They understood me going into the hospital, being out the next day, and it was. It's been my own choice to go back in and work the way I've worked. Oh, okay. I just, I'm tired. <laughs> Well, hopefully you uh, you feel better before you know holiday festivities hit and such. I I hope so too, but I also hate Christmas. So <laughs> same. So he's like, like, you know what? Yeah, I really. It might not care. be a bad idea to use it as an excuse, right? I can just <laughs> feel that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh. Well. Yeah. Uh. Stuff and things, things and stuff. Uh, I suppose. Um. <laughs> So this is the first episode we're not going to talk about media because that'd be cool. It is going to be the first. Uh, well, we didn't talk about media in our uh, episodes last year, you fuck. Oh, I don't remember, dude. I don't remember the last month, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, these episodes usually tend to run long on their own anyway. Exactly. Um, that said... Uh, we were just talking about some bad shit and, uh, I, uh, feel obligated to talk about this, um, because it's a big deal. Um, I was going to say for the end of the show, but I kind of feel like it's just a better idea to, um, to get it out of the way now. Um, so a pretty, uh, good friend of mine. Um, and a patron and active member in this community, uh, passed away earlier this week or late last week. I don't remember the exact. I think it was Saturday night, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that has been something that, uh, I had a lot of trouble trying to process, and, um, I still don't know that this is maybe the best way to handle this, but I, I felt compelled because, uh, he was a member of this community. Um, I felt compelled to, uh, make sure that, um, it was at least discussed. Uh, and yeah, uh, I, I don't know what else to say other than, uh, I think it is pretty clear that he will be missed by everyone uh, Mm -hmm. who he touched in uh, life. Um, I have been speaking with my my friend who was very close to him, and he has taken it quite hard. Um, And, uh, I mean, I took it pretty hard, and I think some of the people in the community have taken it a little bit hard. hard. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say cause I don't really know how to handle this mm-hmm. other than to say it happened and he is missed and, um, yeah. He, uh, <clears throat> he was a very, uh, fun guy 
to interact with in the Discord. Um, I know the few uh, interactions and conversations I had with him, I, I think most of the interactions I had with him were about music because we had pretty similar music tastes. And uh, he was he, he seemed like a really cool guy, and it's very sad. He, he will definitely be missed in our, our little uh, community. It hit exceptionally hard because he was literally talking with us what seemed like the night before. It, yeah, like two I days think. or something. Yeah. And Josh, we've not said his name at all during this. Are we uh, yeah. not saying his name? Uh, I, I feel like it would probably be best just to not uh, say his name for, you know, the people, like the actual people involved in his life. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I keep his privacy. Um, I feel like that would be best, but yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's much more to say other than, uh, you know, like I said, definitely will be missed. So, um, but that said, uh, let's go ahead and leave all the bad stuff behind fellas. Let's, let's, uh, get our, um, well, maybe not bad stuff. Let's, let's get our arguing caps on. Uh, oh, cause, cause I think we're going to argue about some of these. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I don't think I am. Yeah. You don't have anything to argue about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't, I, I think I might have like two things and then like, that's, that's kind of it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So, you know, every year, it gets this time of year. Everyone starts putting out their game of the year nominees and winners, and you know we're no different. Um, however, in the interest of giving you smaller, more digestible episodes, we've decided that it is more beneficial to break those things up. And as such, we are going to have separate shows for separate things. This week's episode will be in service of the various awards that we've decided to give out that aren't game of the year. Uh, this includes, uh, you know, stuff like best character, best music, best, uh, biggest shit show. Um, and to be nominated for any of our given categories, uh, the games or events must have happened between December, uh, 16th of 2020 and December, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> December fifteenth. About had an existential crisis. <laughs> oh my god! Holy uh, shit! For those not of not in the not in the know, we were reading from the little docket we have, and it said twenty nineteen. I started hyperventilating a little bit. As you should have. We fucking time traveled. Did we slip back uh, on accident? I started crying a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. That was fucking shit. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, yeah, uh, we're also going to be doing something um, a little um, uh, different this year because we launched our Patreon this year and we decided that it would be a good idea to um, give our patrons uh, a say in Game of the Year. So uh, we're going to take a couple of those entries. Uh, we didn't get entries from everyone, uh, which is unfortunate, but we got a few. Uh, and we're going to read those entries out over the course of the next two episodes. And then finally, we will put together a little mathematically based patron game of the year to follow alongside our own. Okay. Um, so, yeah, with that all said, uh, 
let us go ahead and get right into it. Before um, we get right into it. Okay. Um, ooh, ooh. How do you want to do this? Do you like, are you going to read all of them or do you want to split it up like we did last uh, episode? I figure we will, um, I think we'll, we plan for these episodes. Yeah. Sometimes. So hard. Very bad. Uh, I think I will probably just read, uh, each one and then we, we will, um, uh, kind of converse. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So starting us out, we have our first category of the night, best supporting character. Now last year, this award was won by Hades from the game Hades. Uh, This year, our nominees are Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil Village, Elizabeth from Sable, Kit from Ratchet and Clank, Toshi from Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, and the King of Land's End from Ender Lily's Quietest of Nights. So, boys, mm-hmm. what are we thinking? Oh, what are you thinking? What, what, uh, I, I usually don't think. Um, I try my best to not think. Well, in this situation, oh. <laughs> okay. I need you to. Because I don't need you to take this from me. Uh, so, <sighs> go ahead. I think it would be best to cut uh, the King of Lands end first, um, mainly because he's not a character that you actually deal with within the game itself. Um, he is more hidden in the. Uh, sort of like uh, not audio logs, but audio logs in the game. Um, I think that his story is really compelling, but uh, I mean, I kind of think that that's it. Um, mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I think that that's a good way to the, the rest of them. I think uh, even I think Toshi maybe could go, but I think that those first three, um, are definitely the ones that we would fight over. Well, yeah, considering Austin only played Ratchet and Clank out of all of these. <laughs> and I, as did I, actually, now that I think about it. So here's the reason we're going to choose Kit, all right? Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 you son of a bitch. <laughs> so, <sighs> Kit, it's, a, it's... First off, this is my first true Ratchet and Clank game. So, of course, I've followed the, the franchise up until now, but I never played it. But even then, it doesn't take a lot to see how Kit established herself within, um, within the medium already. Like, she's mm-hmm. just, she had an incredible story and a follow-up, and we got to kind of latch on to this story that showed a lot of the struggles that she was having through her journey with... Um, with a uh, rivet. Um, mm. Was that her name? <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm not good, dude. I'm telling you the meds are going to fuck with me so hard tonight. It's not even a joke. <laughs> um, but we got to see this story that they, it was beautifully painted and we got to mm. see the strife that she had, like knowing what she did to rivet, you know, 
and this kind of monstrosity that she has lurking behind the depths of who she is. And she had to struggle with it. I just think she really <sighs> cemented herself in this year's category, uh, category of best supporting character because she pulled at the heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Um, it, w- it was a fun journey through throughout the entirety of uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And she was my favorite character from the entire game itself. Um, beyond Rivet, beyond Ratchet, beyond Clank. Um, I don't know, man. It was... It was it was kid all the way. Yep. And the other ones don't matter. <coughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. The, you, the other one, everyone just likes her because she has boobs. Elizabeth, uh, that is completely that, false. That's not completely false. Uh, well, that's not the reason I like her. We'll put it that way. I am inclined to not believe you. Well, had, had I not have played... Ratchet and Clank, I I probably would have said her because uh, big titty mommy milkers, but <clears throat> big what? Because I did get to play uh, Ratchet and Clank. I am a huge sucker for really well done redemption stories, and uh, yeah, I I mean I loved Kit. I thought she was, uh, I thought her story was really wholesome, and I liked it. And it's the only game on this list I've played, so rolled <laughs> with. So what about Lady uh, Mommy Milker did you like? Uh, I really think that her story is probably the best story in, like, of the of the characters that are, that have, like, full-fledged stories within Resident Evil Village. I think that her story is the best. Uh, I really like how she's kind of, like, I, when you take a look at each of the individual like characters within Resident Evil Village, they kind of f- fulfill that archetype of like you know oldest child, middle child, whatever you know, whatever it may be. And I really feel like Lady Dimitrescu's story fulfills that role of you know the sort of like oldest child, but at the same time she has her own little like family that she's trying to keep together with her daughters and I just like how her story is not necessarily a reflection of what Ethan is going through, but it very much is one of those, uh, like, how do I want to put it? Uh, I see the way that like, the way that he parents is kind of like represented or well, not the way he parents, but the way he's willing to go after like these evil, so to speak people in regards to like what they're doing with his daughter, like his willingness to fight for his daughter is very much uh, encapsulated the same way that lady Dimitrescu like, treats her daughters and i think that that's a i think that she's really well written and then what about elizabeth uh so elizabeth is just the character that i latch to latch onto most with sable um she's kind of the only one who really i think takes sable under her wing so to speak and i just loved every interaction with her um None of the other characters who give you quests or anything like that really stood out to me, but she did. 
I kind of couldn't tell you why. I just think that she's probably the best written of the characters. Hell yeah. Uh, Kit. I like Kit. I really like Kit a lot. I don't think that I like her as much as I like Dimitrescu. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give you Elizabeth. Um, I think it comes down to Dimitrescu and Kit. Uh, but it's two against one. I'll let you guys take, I'll, I'll let you guys take this one. Okay. I'll, I'll take the big, the big L on this one. All right. Thank you for that. <laughs> we appreciate it. I know Dylan appreciates it more than me, but I mean, I, I just, you can't argue with the fact it's just the better character. <laughs> You didn't even play Resident Evil 8. You didn't, didn't need to. big titty mommy helpers <laughs> to be a good character. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, congrats, Kit. Congrats, Ooh. Kit. Um, <clears throat> so our next category is for uh, best multiplayer slash ongoing game. And I kind of re uh, revamped this from last year. Last year we had best multiplayer event. Um, and I changed that up just because I feel like events are not necessarily something that we are always able to get to get. No, no, no. listen, <laughs> you stop. You have to get, you have to give it credit. I'm not saying that's what we're going for. Okay. Cause I'm not. Well, well we're taking off Fortnite. That's then. No, fine. No, 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 no. Okay. Then we're no. taking off apex legends. That's fine. That's not fine because that's <laughs> one of Vanguard the most off. like 10 people played that shit. Take that <laughs> shit off. You literally, no one fucking cares about Fortnite. Bro, you're the only one that doesn't care about Fortnite. It's just right. you. We did it. <laughs> All right. It's gone. Ugh, uh, you put it back. It's just you, Dylan. Higher than it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that one off. That's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. All right. I already know what I'm voting for. Okay. All right. So I changed this up just because I think that the... Uh, the events, we're not always able to get into each individual event. Um, it's just not something we're able to do. So I thought it would be best to go on with a multiplayer or ongoing game. Um, so last year it was Rocket League uh, making the transition to free-to-play. Um, but this year, with a revamped category, we have nominees, and they are Dead by Daylight, Call of Duty Vanguard, Fortnite, Apex Legends, and Pokemon Unite. Uh, you guys already know what's getting my vote. So, so <laughs> Fortnite is just fucking awful. But <laughs> we have to at least acknowledge Pokemon Unite's success this year because it was a pretty fantastic game. Now, was it does not get my existed. vote. Well, look, you might not have liked it. Did you even play it? Yeah. Oh. I, I played it for like a solid day, and I was like, yep, this is Same. a MOBA. It is a MOBA, but some people put more stock into that than others. <laughs> not necessarily me, but maybe we'll hear from one of our patrons later. Oh, yeah. Um, that being said, Apex also can't be overlooked because I think it's probably the most played of all the battle royales right now, including Warzone, if I'm not mistaken, um, which is pretty great because it did not start that way. It's kind of evolved into what it is now, and it's doing fantastic. 
Um, then there's Fortnite, whatever. But Vanguard was, you know, it was Call of Duty. Yep. It was fun. I'm sure you and the nine <laughs> other people that bought it played it, loved it. I didn't love it. No, it was, but it was, it was fun. Um, I, I did enjoy my time with it. What I, when I did play it, it was boots on the ground against. So that was great. But my vote goes to dead by daylight because that's what I played most out of all of these this year. And I had a f- fucking blast every time I did wind up picking it up. Yep. But go ahead. Tell me about Fortnite. Let me hear how great it is. <laughs> the fucking Naruto characters that they just added. Whether you like Fortnite or not. Um, it, it has a very, 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 very fucking simple, um, idea behind it. And it, it fucking works. It wouldn't still be around if it didn't, it fucking works. What's Um, the simplicity of it? If you don't, (coughs) it's literally the most simple battle Royale that's available. No, cause you got to fucking build mansions in order to be good at it. So I wouldn't call that shit Uh, easy or simple. I mean, sure. I guess, but the fucking deters me. What I I don't know when I I'm not good at the whole building thing, and I honestly just genuinely don't fucking do it. And earlier this year, when I was getting back into Fortnite, I was winning games left and right. So I genuinely don't think you even fucking need that. I think you just need to be good at aiming, which most people that play Fortnite seem to be pretty fucking terrible. Um, but I I like I appreciate Fortnite for what it is. I think they have like really cool crossovers. They just you know added Spider Man and. Uh, if I saw correctly, they added, uh, Marcus from gears for some fucking reason. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's cool, I guess, but, um, I already, I would pick Fortnite, but it's already two against one and I really don't care about this category either way. But, um, I'm, I'm looking right now on Warzone out of everything has the most viewers on Twitch with 231,000 apex actually comes in third behind Fortnite, but that's a shit ton for Warzone. Yeah, it is. That's weird. Why was uh, it Warzone? It also just launched its new map. Yeah, it, oh, yeah, it did yeah, uh, the Pacific. Yeah. But yeah, Dead yep. by Daylight's been great this year. From what yeah. the fucking the, the episodes that I play in. <laughs> Is it about to go free to play, isn't it? Uh, that's what the rumor uh, mill keeps saying. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. I really don't know. Um, well, you're kind of my inside scoop. Yeah, I I think well, you're the dead rumors. by daylight players guy here. You tell us. I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, I, I think it is just rumors at the moment. But I mean, if it happens, that would be fucking cool. OK. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we shall Next. see. Um. So I assume we're picking uh Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm cool with that. All right. Well, uh, with that all said, I guess we'll move on to our next topic. Uh, well, not next topic, but uh, <laughs> next, uh, what is it called? Category. Uh, category. There you go. Damn. There you go, champ. Why is it? I think it's because you're on there. Okay. What? I was trying to I was trying to type winner there. And you and typed wiener. Oh no, it just wasn't oh. showing my cursor because uh, someone else was there. Mm. Oh, it's awesome. <sighs> it's definitely not. It literally says your fucking name. Oh, it's not me. So no, that's you. Tell you. I swear to God, I'm, you're I'm, gaslighting I'm dead, me. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> now you're, you're moving, pink, buddy. Yeah, you're that's pink. you, bro. <laughs> you're gaslighting me. <laughs> I don't even have the fucking thing open. All right. You're getting a Snapchat. I've saved this for evidence. Okay. I swear to God, this is you. All right, go ahead. Anyway. Okay. I don't right. appreciate being fucking gaslit. <laughs> gaslit. Okay. <laughs> nope, that's not me. Uh, what? We're, we're Josh is talking about your thing. Your fucking little pink cursor is right next to Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. And now what's that nominee? You just moved it. I just, oh, I thought you were trying to tell me you were on the document, which nope. you did just say. Nope. I, that, I don't think that's what he said. That's not what this I said. This is not okay, the things that you guys are doing right now. <laughs> this is not okay. Look, I don't know what you're talking about, so let's just move on. Oh, my God. Let's just, let's just do this. I just feel victimized. It's not even like I, I can't even fight for it. I, it's just I understand what it means to be like a victim of sexual abuse and being gaslit and to believe oh it's not even God. a real thing. Yep. Ooh. Never happened. That's well, actually, that's. But here's the thing that actually did happen to me. So I can say it. You know, oh, it's kind of like it's kind of like my version of the N word. I can say it because. Oh, I, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's like me making dead dad jokes and like suicide. Yeah, jokes. I'm a, I earned that perfectly fine. My trauma I, earned me those jokes. This right. is all getting cut out. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not. not. Come on, that's content. Like, Come on, <laughs> act like you would remember it. Anyway. Yeah, I probably won't remember. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> all right, well, whatever you fucks. Our next category is for best art direction. Uh, so our nominees last year, um, were Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and Ori and the Will of the Wisp, uh, loser. Um, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you typed loser in there because I think you got mad that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I don't even have last year's like document pulled up do. I wish. Yeah, it was absolutely something I would do. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> any, any fucking way. Um, so this year, our nominees are uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Genesis Noir, Ratchet and Clank, Solar Ash, and Ender Lily's Quietest of Nights. All right, boys, what are we thinking? I gotta go Austin, you start. Oh, wow, that's actually... Guardians isn't on that for you? I mean, it probably would if I finished it. If I made it more than like two and a half hours, maybe. Uh, so where Tawny, uh, Tawny in the Discord said he was the other day at that, uh, that uh, what, what, whatever that chick's name is, her fucking castle, whatever. Uh, Lady uh, Hellbender. Yeah, what, yeah, sure. Um, the boss fight with her like little pet thing, that is exactly where I left off. So that is exactly where I'm at. Um, so I feel like I can't really say Guardians because I feel like that's not fair. Um, so I'm going to have to go with Ratchet and Clank. I think Ratchet and Clank is fucking gorgeous. And uh, um, I it's the best PS5 or the best looking PS5 game I've played so far. So. Okay. Yeah. Right. So 
this this really sucks for me because I wish I could have had the time to get to Guardians. I I played Ratchet and Clank obviously out of um this list I I really wanted to get to Guardians and uh Solar Ash is the new game that I've played that I wound up putting on here because it, it's such it's just a really pretty time. Mm-hmm. And I man, it's hard for me. This one Ratchet and Clank was beautiful. I think it was um in terms of just not just the graphics, but just the style of the art that was in the game itself. It was just really unique. But when I look at Solar Ash, it kind of has a style to itself. Like it, I'm sure I can think of other games that have done something similar. But it's just unique. And it makes me really excited to like explore all the different areas that open up after you beat X place and you can go to the next zone. They're all different. They they kind of have this really similar, bright, vibrant, futuristic, just artistic style to it. But each one varies so heavily from the next that it really has this game came out of nowhere for me. I would like normally when we would do our whole talk about what we've been playing, I would talk about this, but I don't think we're going to do that this episode. Um, but just real quick, it's, it's just captured me and it, it took me in a just complete roller coaster ride. I've loved every second of it. I love the art direction. I think it kind of beats ratchet and clink out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that being said, guardians is one of the ones mm-hmm. that I feel like I truly missed out on. Because it looks amazing. Like, everything that I've seen from the game looks just astonishingly great. But then you look at Ender Lilies, too. This is a hard one. (laughs) Like, out out of all the ones that have come so far, this one's the hardest one. Because I've not played Ender Lilies, but it was on my list this year to play for the style itself. It's just vastly unique. It's just every single game on this list is unique in its own way. And that's just another one that I unfortunately missed out on, but I respect, um, like if, if it won, I totally understand just because of how unique it was. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that if I, if uh, I had have played solar ash, um, cause you said something about it in the group chat the other day and I was like, Oh, what the fuck is that? And I looked it up and I think that game looks really fucking cool. Um, had I have played that, I honestly think that that's what I would have picked. It just, it's, it just didn't happen. Yeah, it ain't like I know it just came out of nowhere for me. But Josh kind of has the outside of Solar Ash, you've played everything here, and yeah, I'm uh, I'm greatly curious to know what you think because I feel like Ender Lilies is going to be your choice. But I. So I, I think in Ender Lilies is gorgeous, and I think that the art direction is part of the reason that I wanted to play that game. Uh, I think that my pick would be Genesis Noir. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen another game that looks like Genesis Noir, ever. That's shocking. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't know, man. I like This one's a, an incredibly hard pick for me to do because I love... Uh, like you said, with the exception of Solar Ash, uh, these are the uh, I, I've played everything on this list. I I don't know, man. Like 
this one's incredibly hard. I love every single one of these nominees. Um, yeah. And j- I, to, to, to that note, Genesis Noir is just, again, it's so vastly unique. It just separates itself yeah. from every other nominee on the, on the list. I see what you're saying. It's just great. I mean, they're all great. It looks really fucking cool. I'm looking because I honestly hadn't even really heard of that game until you just brought it up. Yeah, um, I, I talked about it on the show earlier yeah, this year. Yeah, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Let's be fucking honest. He was playing fucking Persona <laughs> yeah, on that episode. Sup it a bitch. Probs. Um, but yeah, yeah, that game looks really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, so. If your choice is Genesis Noir, if his choice is Ratchet and Clank, and my choice is Solar Ash, what happens here? <laughs> uh, Look, I, I'll, well, I'll back down on mine. You guys have much more time in these games than I do. Uh, I mean, the only, literally the only game here I've, I've finished was Ratchet and Clank. So that's it's between <laughs> you two, truly. That yeah. doesn't fucking help. <laughs> well, uh, so let, let's put it. Let me let me put it this way. I think Guardians of the Galaxy would be the last on this list, probably. Okay. Um, Did you finish it? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I, I think again, part of the reason that that game stuck with me is because of the art direction. I think it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um. It's hard, I think, man. I think next would probably, I guess, have to be Ender Lilies, just s- simply because I think I'm I'm the only one who played it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, I did follow it for a while. Now, do I know the entirety of the story? No, but I love it because it just looks like that. You know, two point five D gothic, just beautiful world. Um. Uh, anime Bloodborne. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I know you've not played Solar Ash. You don't have the connection to it that I do. So that's hard because I can't rule it out here outside of... That's what sucks. Because yeah. to me, it, it would outrank Genesis Noir because I've not played it, but then you're in the same boat with wanting to outrank or, you know, outdo Solar Ash because you've not played it and you think Genesis is better. Would you put Ratchet and Clank above these two? Uh, if we if we wanted to compromise, I think that that would probably be best. Um, but I, I'll say this. There are categories that I think I care about more and I'd be willing to cede Solar Ash to you. <laughs> If you wanted to, if you wanted to go that route, why don't we just pull up a face cam and rock paper scissors over it? <laughs> I mean, modern problems require modern. Solutions. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's let's go Solar Ash for best art direction. I'll I'll take it, and I'll just lose one of the more important ones later down the line. It's no big deal. Uh, I wouldn't say more important. I just think that there are, are ones that I feel very, very strongly about. Okay. okay. This one, it's just, I'm still in thoroughly enjoying my time with it. It's just, it's a beautiful game, man. I loved Ratchet and Clank. I think it holds a very special place in my heart going forward in terms of platformers and what they are capable of. But 
I I know it's crazy, but Solar Ash is just there for me in terms of the and the general art direction. I hope you both get a chance to play it. Yeah, for sure. I'm I want to really bad. Just a matter I'll, of time, baby. I'll probably admire it from afar. <laughs> I that does not look like a game that I am going to enjoy at all. Mm, okay. It's well. yeah. If you see it on sale, I'd get it. It's it's worth it. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Hey, Solar Ash. Ooh. Hey. Cue firework noises. Cue pop, pop, the fireworks. Motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Um, let me type this up. Winner. Winner. Chicken goddamn dinner. All right. So the next uh, category we have is best level slash world design. Um, last year, our winner was Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, that game took home a lot of awards for us last year. It did. Um, so with that said, our nominees this year are Psychonauts 2, Hitman 3, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet and & Clank, and Resident Evil Village. Dylan. Hey. What do you think? Um, I would have also put Solar Ash in here, but I think the ones that are here are pretty great. Um, dude. Oh, this one hurts. I was going to ask Austin what he thought, but never mind. Austin, no, uh, no, Austin, the these. only, uh, did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, he's, hey, yeah, you've played Forza, right? Yeah, I put an actually relatively decent chunk amount of time into Forza. More than two hours? Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I genuinely think it was. Oh, but you mistaken. had to think about it. Anyway. Um, yeah, it wasn't anything fucking crazy. It wasn't like the time dude, I put I've, into anything I've put else, over 100 but, hours into that fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have. So I... Spoiler alert, it's ranking high on Game of the Year. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm really... T- obviously, I'm torn between... I didn't play Village... And I don't think the other two would have come close on my list. I think I think Hitman's up there for you. But I really love Mexico, dude. I think they did a great job with it. I had a blast racing across it um, and all the different environments and terrains that they were throwing in. I think they did great. Ratchet and Clink, I think, is one of the most... I think it's just the superior platformer in terms of level design. I have never seen anything like it. Every mm-hmm. world that I traveled to was completely different than the last. And it was just absolutely incredible. I am very torn between Forza and Ratchet and Clank, like bad to the point where I can't decide. So I'm curious to see what you have to say, because I know Hitman is huge for you. I don't think you cared for Psychonauts. And I know Village is like, the the cream of the crop this year. So what are your thoughts? Okay. Uh, so the one that I would take off first immediately is Ratchet and Clank. Um, okay. I, it's not that I think that those, those uh, worlds we, and levels are designed poorly. I, I don't think that at all before psychonauts. Yes. Uh, and, oh, the, and the reason my left nut dude, <laughs> L- listen, I, I'm not a gigantic fan of Psychonauts at all. Uh, I don't know what it is about that game, but there's something about it that is off-putting to me. But the worlds and levels 
not only are they really like nicely laid out, they are like amazingly important to the story that that game is trying to tell. Mm. And I, I think without the levels being designed the way they are, I don't think that Psychonauts 2 would make it where it is on my game of the year rankings personally. Uh, I, because I, I don't think that the, the writing is, is good, but I don't think that the writing stands out nearly as much if these levels and worlds aren't designed the way that they're designed. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so again, I, I'm, I'm not trying to disparage Ratchet and Clank to, uh, like Ratchet and Clank. It's just it, um, immediately the first one that stands out to me as, as, as something to like, okay, this one would be off my list is Ratchet and Clank. Um, I think psycho nuts two's level and world design is excellent. Uh, I hate to say this, but the next one is probably Resident Evil Village uh, for me because I love the, the way that... But, okay, the knock against Village, the one knock that I have against Village in terms of its level and world design is that I think that the castle, Castle Dimitrescu, is easily the best area in the entire game and you only spend about an hour in there maybe two if you really stretch it out and the rest of the time it's it's not it's not bad like it's not bad but the bar is set so high by Dimitrescu uh, or Castle Dimitrescu that I I think that the rest of the game kind of pales in comparison but that again just like Ratchet and Clank does not mean that it is bad by any fucking means. I think village from a design standpoint in the way that like you go from kind of like almost like hub to hub is impeccable. Mm. I really love the way that this game is laid out. It, it flows together. It's, I, I think it's wonderful. Um, really, I think here is where I would probably cut Psychonauts 2. And then it would come down to Forza Horizon 5 and Hitman 3 for me. And I think that Hitman edges out Forza Horizon. Um, Hitman is just... Hitman has almost the opposite problem of Resident Evil Village. Every level in this game is meticulously designed to give you the absolute most replayability uh, of almost anything I've ever seen in a video game. Like just straight up. There are so many, I don't even think that this is necessarily like just the level design, but like everything is designed to the, like, uh, like almost like it's been play tested into oblivion. I, the, reason that I say this opposite of village is because every level in this is completely standout except for the last one. Uh, the last one pales in comparison to everything that came before it. Um, I don't know. I, it's hard for me because I think Mexico is probably the best designed Forza horizon. Um, just ahead of Australia. Uh, I don't know. This is a hard one because <clears throat> I think we end up 
we come down to a three-way choice again, right? Mm-hmm. Hitman 3, Forza Horizon 5, and Ratchet and & Clank. I think that's the way it ends up, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Forza is definitely... Oh, man, it's hard for me with Ratchet & Clank, but I think Mexico is just exquisite in every way. I, I agree with you. Honestly, I'm going to shift my vote over to Forza. For the simple reason that I think the world design is the sole thing that kept me wanting to come back to that game. And, like, I I don't give a fuck about racing games, ever. I just never fucking have. I mean, unless you want to count fucking Sonic Riders as a racing game, then sure, whatever. That was a cool, fun time. Um, but as far as, like, you know, uh, an actually good designed racing game, um, I've never cared about one the way i care about forza and like i haven't put a lot of time into it but that's not because i didn't want to play it it's just because i just i don't have time i don't have much time in my daily routine to actually come into my game room and sit down and actually play on my pc and that's genuine like if i if i had an xbox i honestly think i would probably have uh almost as much time in forza as the two of you do and everyone else in the Discord does. Um, it's just my inability to actually sit down and play it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I will also shift. I'm going to shift my vote over to Forza. <clears throat> it's hard, man, because I know where you're coming from with Hitman. So you've said. Uh, go ahead. I'll seat it. I'll give it to Forza Horizon 5. Uh, reason being, it's 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 my number two. I don't feel nearly as bad about it. And again, I, there are categories coming up that I think I'm going to press just, harder on. I just feel bad because you sing its praises all throughout the year. So, And I understand what you're saying about the replayability and it being kind of dialed into a T with how well the level design worked out. If, every time I watch it being played, it looks fun, but... It that's a close one. If it because we all love Forza, but I, I can only imagine if we all played Hitman as well. You know, mm-hmm, yeah. If sure. I, I I genuinely feel like <clears throat> if it came down to Game of the Year stuff, um, and it was like up for our Game of the Year, if you guys had played it, I genuinely think that it would be. Yeah. I I just uh, well. It's a great game. It's a really fucking right. great game. Okay. Hitman's never been on my radar. I don't Same. know why. I was a Splinter Cell guy, but I don't know. It's it's not off the table for the future, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a uh, quick little break from our categories to uh, go ahead and shout out our first patron Game of the Year Top 5, and we're starting off with uh, one of our very good friends. Uh, you know him. You love him. He's from the Netherlands, Mr. Tony Solman. So, um, his Top 5 reads out like this. Number 5, Disgaea 6, Defiance of Destiny. And what he had to say about this was, I love my grid-based strategy RPGs, and this is definitely a love-it-or-hate-it type deal. The art style and writing are very anime-inspired, but the combat is stupid deep. Definitely a great time sink. Uh, I actually think that this would be right up um, 
Austin's Alley, the oh, Disguise sure. franchise. I've been looking at that heavy. Um, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm pretty sure... If it's the game I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure Best Buy has like the big collector's edition in stock. And I was looking at it the other day and it's only a hundred dollars and I've never come cl- so close to buying something in my entire fucking life. <laughs> um, just the, the only thing that stopped me is I have no prior knowledge of that franchise whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I would hate to buy a, you know, over a hundred dollar collector's edition on something I end up not liking. Um, but that game looks very much up my alley and it is absolutely on my list. It just didn't happen this year. Yeah. Uh, number four for him was Far Cry 6. He said, is it the same game? Oh, gosh. Is it the same game as Far Cry 3, 4, and 5? Yes. <laughs> Does the Not Cuba Island stuff work in its favor? Also, yes. Plus, this was so much fun to play in co-op. And he didn't put this here, but with his special girlfriend. Uh, oh, my God. Who we might be hearing from on another episode. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I thought that that whole thing was just like a joke for the longest fucking time. Oh, no, it's real. I never thought it was real until I saw that she said something in the Discord about actually going to the Netherlands. And I was like, wait, hold on. This is a real thing? What? Yeah. I didn't know. uh, He he gets up uh, early before work to to play games with her. Super. How sweet. Love that. So are we are we kind of like a hitch service now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, if we you are looking them. to get hit, no. go ahead and uh, no. ring us up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's already an app for gamers no. that want that, but uh, no. <laughs> Why All are right. you saying no, Dylan? Because you got way too excited about just the fucking concept of being able to hook other people up, <laughs> and you had nothing to do with this hookup in the first place. So let's just take a step back. I don't think any of us did. No. It was just there. Gosh is kind of the you know he's the i'll give josh credit for i mean i guess he made the whole thing you and i have nothing to do with this we don't (laughs) talk to anyone in that discord half the time about anything about anything yeah (laughs) let's just you you and i have nothing to do with it all right well (laughs) tawny's number three is forza horizon five and he said It takes everything that worked on Forza Horizon 3 and 4 and made an almost perfect arcade open world racer. Definitely the gold standard. Could not agree with him more. Absolutely could not. Uh, Number two, The Artful Escape. He said, look, this game is gorgeous. The music is amazing. The story is great. I implore everyone to play this game. It's so good. Mm. Finally, we have his number one pick, Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart. And he said, I'm pretty sure this is the consensus among us all, but this game is just beautiful. Ratchet and Clank feels as fresh as ever. The new team is also great. The gameplay felt familiar enough, yet also refreshing. It's just my favorite. And that's why he's my favorite. Uh, There are other reasons why he's your favorite. That is true. A lot of the same reasons that he's Bryn's favorite. Yes. Uh, yes. It's his dick. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, he had some honorable mentions uh, that uh, I'll just shout out real quick. He said Near Replicant, Saga Frontier Remaster, and Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, I agree with him and his sentiment that they are all worth your time. Um, Saga yep. Frontier, I remember loving that game. And then 
of course, Mass Effect trilogy is great. And uh, I actually haven't played Near Replicant, but if it's anything like Near Automata, yes. Next. <laughs> Damn it. I was hoping that silence would go no, longer. <laughs> not letting that happen anymore. <laughs> All right, so our next category uh, is, I think this one is a completely new category for us um, because last year we had best DLC and expansion, um, and I kind of feel like that's something that we, uh, I don't want to say threw together last year, but it's definitely a category that I don't think was necessarily uh, as well thought out, and I think that this is a better category. Mm-hmm. Um, so our nominees are Psychonauts 2, Guardians of the Galaxy, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Back for Blood. Um, so I'm going to start this conversation off first by saying that I think we should probably get rid of Back for Blood. Um, not because I think that it is bad per se, but... I have to be honest with you. I only just booted this game up today. I saw the accessibility options. I think that they're great, uh, but I think that they pale in comparison to the other games on this list. Mm-hmm. So the only one that I'm familiar with, even though I played a, uh, the other one, <laughs> it's Forza. <laughs> like that's the <laughs> again. We kind of. I don't remember. This is almost fucking deja vu. We've talked about this recently. I'm privileged enough to not have to think about the accessibility options, and it wasn't until our more recent episode of the podcast where I've even started to look in the first place. Um, that being said, I think everything that we talked about in regards to Forza was amazing. So that would be uh, my direction. Because I don't know what Ratchet and Clank has to offer. I think we talked about it, but I've already forgotten. Yeah, yeah uh, so that that would be my next one, I think, for, for cutting. Uh, I think that I remember it having stuff like a, Han, uh, like a high contrast mode. So then like people with like, uh, you know, lesser vision or, you know, ostensibly blind people would be able to play. Uh, I know that it has some other stuff in there, like some auto aim and some auto targets um, and stuff like that. Uh, but I don't think that its options are nearly as robust as the other three. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you th- What do you think about that, Austin? Um, I'm going Forza, just for <laughs> just for the simple fact that every single car you obtain, you you. I mean, you can more or less change everything about that car to your fucking liking, even down to the smallest, tiniest, minute fucking detail that a guy like me who has no understanding of cars except for the fact they have engines under the hoods would even think of. Um, So, yeah, I'm going Forza. Um, Okay. uh, What, Dylan? What? (laughs) What What are you laughing about? I just don't know if you know what category we're on. <laughs> uh, I mean, does we're that t- not fall under accessibility? We're just talking, you know, like stuff that helps impaired people. Yeah, I, I feel like. I mean, you're like broad, you're man. automotively impaired. If that's what you want to go with, <laughs> we could <can> do that. <laughs> 
I mean, whatever. <laughs> then I don't care. No, uh, I I think to to Austin's point though the the settings that you can go into in Forza Horizon uh, are incredibly customizable. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can, I, I mean, you can basically have the game race for you. Mm-hmm. There's literally an option where you can like have the game steer for you or break for you or, you know, a- anything that would like uh, make it easier to where you don't have to uh, like sit and fiddle with, you know, potentially five, six, seven, eight different buttons in yeah. order to get through a race. Um, I think that the, my only, I, I think my only thing with, uh, with Forza, the reason that I wouldn't put it above, I think Psychonauts 2 would be the death, definitely the next one. I think it also has some really great stuff going on with it. Um, but the reason that I uh, want to put Guardians of the Galaxy here is because Guardians of the Galaxies not only like do they have like again they have like the uh the stuff for people with low visibility they have stuff for people with um you know obviously they have the subtitles you know for people who are hard mm-hmm. of hearing but they also if i remember correctly have a mode that like alerts you when a lar- like when a loud sound is about to happen sort of thing so mm-hmm. then you're not caught off guard um there are options that will just straight up there the difficulty customization in this game is insane it is mm-hmm. fucking crazy you can do like they have little presets but when you go into those presets you can change things like back and forth to where like you can change how much damage you deal or take you can change how quickly your shields regenerate you can change like <clears throat> whether or not you win the quick time events or like like always win them mm. like you can craft the gameplay to any need in terms of the difficulty and i think that's insane not to mention that it's got a pretty robust like controller remapping set I I don't know. I think that the unbelievable amount of accessibility options here is unrivaled, mm-hmm. really. I am going to say Guardians. Um, I know I just said Forza, but that was actually, honestly, I kind of misunderstood the category. Um, like... <laughs> For so, like someone like Madison, for example, who is just genuinely not, you know, really good at those kind of games or just like doesn't have a lot of experience in them. Um, <clears throat> she was able to more or less fine tune the settings of that game to something that she actually felt comfortable with. And there are not a lot of games that, again, somebody like her who doesn't have a lot of experience with those type of games were are, are really able to do. Um and I think that that's pretty fucking neat. So, yeah, I'm going to shift it over to Guardians. I That's my bad. I apologize. I misunderstood the category. No, it's it's not a big deal. But no, no I don't I don't have objections to that. Like Forza does great. But from what you I mean, that's amazing. I had no idea Guardians went that far above and beyond. Yeah, Guardians yeah. is fucking nuts. 
It's it's fucking. I've never crazy. seen a game have that much fucking attention to detail as a, as far as like um like its difficulty settings before. Yeah, and it like opens up the game. It's the first thing mm-hmm. that you that you can set up. So it's not even like something that you set up after the fact. It's like the very right first thing you fucking do when you boot that shit up. Yeah. Um. All right. So what are we what are we deciding here, fellas? I mean, <laughs> I, I go Forza because that's something I've played and have experienced. But I think it. I mean, it kind of probably should go to Guardians, right? I think so. That's what I'm rolling with. Okay. All right, well, we're putting winner, winner, chicken dinner here, and then we're going to put loser next to Forza Horizon 5. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we're about to really fight now on this next one. You think so? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I think so, too. All right. Well, uh, our next category is best boss fight. Our nominees are... Ulv the Mad King, or wait, hang on. I actually don't think that's his name. I think it's Ulv the Mad Knight. Yeah, I don't oh, know why the again, fuck I typed. Thrones. I don't know why I put that King. From? The Mad King? Yeah, that's Game yeah. of Thrones. From uh, Ender Lily's Quietus of Nights. Then we have the King of the Swamp from Death's Door. Cynthia from Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Next we have Joseph Stalin. <laughs> Oh, spoiler alert for Trigger Witch, if you're interested. Uh, Joseph Stalin is the final boss of Trigger Witch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Uh, and finally, we have uh, Corrupt Taro from Kenna Bridge of Spirits. <clears throat> Why? Why? Uh, what are we about to fight about? Well, I mean, Austin, do you? I mean, Cynthia, right? Yeah. Oh, by the I'm, way, uh, I forgot what? to mention this, but Theseus and Asterius from Hades was our winner last year. Oh, okay. So, oh, I remember that. Hades won a lot too. It was between that and uh, Ghosts of Sushi. Yep, oh, Ghost damn. of sushi, sushi, the fish. Dish. Look, man, I didn't play any of these other games, dude. I can't. I can't attest to them. Yeah. I can only attest to the fact that Cynthia kicked it old school. Um, yeah. No, I. I think that that's why I we're not going to fight. I think I'm just going to give it to you guys. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm. Yeah. I'm literally the only one who played any of these other games. Yeah, that is very true. Did you wind up playing Diamond and Pearl? Fuck no. No. Mm-mm. Why did you say it like that? <laughs> Because Joss is a jaded old man that hates Pokemon. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to it sometime next year. I really do think so. You'll enjoy it because look, it's it, I'll even let you borrow one of my three copies. Why do you have three <laughs> copies? <Are> you <laughs> Madison Josie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Um Cynthia kicked it old school, man. Um she brought the original difficulty of the old games. It it wasn't necessarily a cakewalk because of the EXP share. I felt like I was adequately leveled by the time that I got to her. Mm-hmm. And she still kicked but ass? No. No, I oh, mean, okay. it was it was just a hard fight. Um, okay. I, I did beat her first time, but it was just... 
I had to fight for it. Like it wasn't I in in recent Pokemon games, I feel like by the time I get to the champion, I'm either overleveled or it's just super like I have a god tier team. And mm-hmm. while I had a great team this time through, it was Did you use the same team that everybody else did? No, no, I absolutely refused that shit. Dude. Same. <laughs> um I had my own team. I forgot what it was. We'll talk about that on the special because I did end it and I remembered like I have it saved what I use. But cool, cool, cool. dude, it just felt like a and a challenge finally after a long time. Um, she, you know, the whole Elite Four was great, but she was trying to set up and she had a really vastly, you know, superior team than what a lot of champions do just because their typing differences are there Mm -hmm. and you have to, you know, kind of prep for that. It just felt great to finally have that challenge. Um, There are other games I've played this year that have boss fights that I wish I could have included, but none come close to the joy and excitement I got from reliving that Cynthia fight, which is, I still think to this day out of all eight generations is the best um, champion fight out of all Pokemon. See, I I think it's the best fight out of all Pokemon in general. Um, <clears throat> when the original games released, uh, I think Cynthia became such an iconic character. Um, I mean, it kind of speaks to the fact that she has reappeared and been able to uh, battle in every generation since she has been introduced. Um, because she just came this, this fucking icon of, of challenge and difficulty that... I think mo- that, like Dylan said, modern Pokemon just doesn't really have. Um, however, so I struggled with Cynthia. She beat me probably about eight or nine times. Um, and that's mostly because five of the six Pokemon on my team were weak to ground, which uh, I think three or four out of her six Pokemon have fucking Earthquake. So she was able to sweep me fairly quickly every fucking time. Um, but I, the fact that she was pro her and the entire elite Four are programmed so much differently than they were in diamond and pearl. The fact that these, uh, like these, these are real competitive movesets and real competitive strategies and real competitive stat builds that, that players have been, you know, using in competitive Pokemon for years. And it, it's never quite been implemented, uh, in the game in the way that uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl have. And I, I honestly, I, aside from the fact that I do think she got a little bit of a nerf with, um, in the original games, you had no idea uh, when she would actually send out Garchomp. She was always programmed to lead with Spirit Tomb, but anything else after that could be completely random and, and you know, up to the AI's RNG. Um, however, here she, in, Diamond, in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, she is programmed to, always send out Garchomp last. She will always, that will always be the last Pokemon that you face. Um, and in the original games, her spirit tomb genuinely did not have a weakness because of its dark and ghost typing. Whereas now, um, you know, with more modern, uh, with the more modern system and the fairy type introduced, her spirit tomb does have a weakness now, uh, which fucking fairy type. Um, and so I think that was a little bit of a, of a nerf, but I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was enough of a nerf to really tone down how difficult her competitive built team was. And I mean, I was, I was fucking sweating going into this. Like I was getting PTSD from the fucking very first time I walked up on Cynthia when I was in fucking a fourth grade. 
and uh, it was it was just amazing. Like I, it genuinely was. Uh, her character model looked fucking fantastic. The remix of her battle theme was incredible, and still to this day, I think one of the most iconic themes in the franchises, at least for me. Um, and I just I loved every second of it. I can't wait to to go back and do my Elite Four rematch with her level fucking ninety Garchomp. I'm I'm can't wait. I'm so excited to get back to that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, uh, I'm just going to talk about these other ones uh, a little bit just for a second because <sighs> very clearly I would not have won out on this. Um, <laughs> there was no way. There was fucking no way. <laughs> so uh, I want to mention Joseph Stalin from Trigger Witch. Uh, Please do. <laughs> Honestly, I really need to know the backstory to this. So the reason that I put this on here is not necessarily because it is a incredible boss fight that takes a lot of skill or anything like that. It's a fine boss of fight. But um, the reason that this boss made it on, boss of fight. Yeah. Uh, the reason that it made it onto my list of, of uh, boss fights was because it was insanely memorable. Basically the whole game you're set in this uh, like little fantasy world where you're a little witch and instead of like spells and stuff like that, you have guns and the whole story is built around the idea that the witches actually used to practice magic and it was like a, a big thing. But then at some point guns were introduced through this portal and uh, they don't know where the portal leads to or anything like that. They just know that that's where they get their guns from. And it kind of became like their religion and stuff like that. Well, the beginning of the game, this man in black comes out of the portal and basically you're tasked with, you know, tracking him down to figure out like, Hey, what, like, why are you entering this world? What's going on? And you know, whatever. Well, you get to the end of the game and it is revealed that it is Joseph Stalin. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> And the reveal literally comes out of fucking nowhere. Like, I, I would have never in a million fucking years guessed that this was, that it was fucking Joseph Stalin. But anyway, uh, the, the way that he explains it is that he was uh, using the guns to uh, kind of see how their magic worked. Like, he was trying to take he was introducing guns into their world to kind of take away, like get looks at how the magic actually worked sort of thing, how their magic actually works. So then he could build an army and take over the world. It's dumb. It's a really dumb reason. <laughs> and it's not exceptionally well pulled off. I think that the reveal is just, I, I think that it's amazing. I, I, I really was shocked at this and I laughed so hard for like a solid five, 10 minutes when I found out that he was the, uh, big, bad, evil boss. And, uh, that's why he made it on here. Okay. Um, King of the swamp was, uh, probably would have been like, if I were cutting these, obviously I would have gone Cynthia. Then I would have gone Joseph Stalin. Then I would have gone King of the swamp. Um, King of the swamp, I just really like the character design of the boss. If, if I'm being honest with you, I don't think that any of the game, uh, any of death's doors 
bosses are exceptionally hard, except for maybe the last one. Uh, I, I do think that the boss fight with the, um, with the, the keeper of the doors, uh, it gets uh, really challenging, but the aesthetics behind this boss fight just, I really enjoy it. It's just a giant frog with like a little like crown on his head. And yeah, I, I, again, this was one that I remembered when I was looking at this category, I was like, okay, what are the bosses that I played through this year? And you know, whatever. And this was one of the ones that immediately jumped out to me. Um, the next one is Corrupt Taro from Ken of, uh, Bridge of Spirits. Uh, so this is a relatively new one. I just finished Kenna earlier this week or maybe late last week. I don't remember the exact timing, but, um, either way, uh, this is the first of the big three boss fights that you encounter in the game. And it is just incredibly memorable because of these not only the story that is like packed around it with Taro's story, but the way the mechanics work in this game, I think, or or not this game, but in this boss fight are really interesting because it really puts emphasis on your bow, which is the first power that you get in the game. And it really makes you use that. Whereas I don't think that the other ones necessarily do a good enough job of making you use your abilities. Um, e- even the final boss, I think to an extent doesn't really necessarily make you use your abilities that you've gathered throughout the game in a way that is, uh, not, not coherent. That's not the right word, but like in a way that like makes you feel like you're utilizing what you know, if that makes sense. Uh, and I think that Taro is actually does that. Not not only that, but Taro's like really fucking cool looking um, thing. Uh, not thing. Uh, that's a bad way to put it. But basically, <laughs> he becomes like this like tree wolf thing, uh, like beast. And I, it's just uh, it's just really memorable. Um, of uh, all of the bosses that I've played this year, uh, in terms of like. Um, aesthetically like how they look. I think that, uh, Taro is probably the best looking one. It's just really cool. Um, and then finally, uh, probably the one that I would have fought for the most, uh, is of the mad Knight. This was my favorite boss fight in all of Ender lilies. Um, I kind of can't tell you why exactly it's my favorite. I think that Ulv's design is fucking beautiful. It's just really, really, really good looking. Uh, but also he was the one that I felt like challenged me the most. I'm pretty sure I died to him the most of every game in or, or every boss in Ender Lilies. Uh, he just fucking kicked my ass. Um, yeah, I I loved Olv. I I it's my favorite boss fight of the year. I'm sorry that we we did what we did. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I know it was dirty. It was dirty, and I know half the people that listen to this shit are infuriated too with you because I'm sure yeah. they would have rather have anything but what we chose. I'm sure. 
Probably. But too bad. <laughs> you guys aren't the co-hosts, so too bad. Too bad. All right. Well, uh, that said, our next category is best music. Uh, last year, our winner was Hades. Uh, this year, our nominees are Guardians of the Galaxy, Sable, Force Horizon 5, Ender Lilies, Quietus of Nights, and Scarlet Nexus. So, why did you, why do you want to choose Forza Horizon Five, Josh? Uh, well, actually, that is not my choice, and this is well, one of the ones that I'm going to be calling a favor in on. Calling <laughs> a favor? Oh, <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? Okay, um, Forza Horizon Five is my choice. It just it was a bumping soundtrack. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I it kept me going when I was racing across Mexico. But I'm actually greatly curious to hear what yours is now. Okay, is it Guardians? Uh, surprisingly, no. Wow. Guardians would have been my number two. I really do think uh, I I love the Guardians soundtrack. Uh, the reason that I don't put it, the, the reason that Forza would be last for me is because it's all licensed <gasps> music. Uh, yeah. And, and there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because like some of my fondest memories with like games from the PS2 specifically, you know, like Grand Theft Auto are because of the licensed music. Right. Right. But I think that I hate to say this, but I mm-hmm. think that the reason that that would sink lower on my list is because I kind of think that it's lazy in a way, as opposed to coming up with your own music. You're just ripping songs from like the real world. If that makes sense. Yeah. And if it was something outside of a racing game, I might be more inclined to agree. But I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. what are they supposed to create? What I mean, maybe no, I feel you. Them, I don't. Yeah. I 100% feel that. The, the, so there are other games that I like. Even Solar Ash has a kind of unique soundtrack. I think it could have gone on here. Um, there's a couple of other tr- things that I played this year that could have wound up here too, but I just really enjoy the feeling I get while playing Forza and listening to that, um, soundtrack that was ripped from the lives that we, you know, live every day. Um, but that being said, if guardians isn't your number one choice, break it down for me. All right. My number one choice is Sable. I completely fucking understand that because you're the whole reason that I even got into looking at that game. And I think I commented while we were talking about Sable, when you were playing it through initially about how just absolutely atmospheric and amazing the soundtrack was while I was watching videos. Wow. I actually forgot about that, man. Yeah. It was quite amazing. Yeah. And I, um, I hate, to say what I said about Forza and then also say that um, like Guardians was my second favorite soundtrack because right. a lot of what Guardians is doing is it's um, it is licensed music. There is its own score in there and then they actually have an entire album from a fake band called Star Lord in there. Full like it's a full album's worth of songs. So mm. that's why I do rank it a little bit higher. But Sure. Of, of the three that are like pure, purely made up music from the, um, uh, like for those games, Sable just stands out to me so much. Like, 
I, it's one of those things that like, I don't normally like songs that are like just pure atmosphere. It's not something that I, I normally like, that's what I gravitate towards. But in the instance of Sable, it just fucking works. And it pulled me into that world and it kept me there. And I, in some instances, I just wanted to keep playing Sable to hear more of the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's exceptional. Um, Andrew Lilly's is, is a, 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 again, of the three that are like completely like written for that game. Andrew Lilly's is a close second to Sable, I think, because it's, it's also very, very good. Um, and there are like little like pieces of Andrew Lilly's soundtrack that would like be stuck in my head for like days on end. Um, but Sable Sable soundtrack is just something special. It's it's really 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 fucking good. No, nope. Austin. <clears throat> um, I probably I mean obviously uh, I would I would have to say Guardians. Um, like yeah, it has the whole like licensed music thing. But I think what gets me with Guardians is the way that licensed music is integrated into the core gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, like the, the whole huddle, uh, huddle element, like when you fail a huddle, you have, I, I don't know if it happens every time or if it's just like a chance of it happening. Um, but I know one of like the first huddle that I did and failed, uh, fucking never going to give you up started playing. And I just yeah, Rick rolled like, I fucking love that. I just thought that that was amazing. And I love the way that that game manages to integrate all those licensed music and actually have them fit for the different scenarios that they pop up in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's really cool. And also like the whole star Lord thing. I I think that that's just really fucking cool. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm saying guardians, but we're going to hold what we're going to, we're going to give it to sable cause it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no shade towards any on this list. I think they're all incredible soundtracks, but I I would fight tooth and nail for Sable on this one. How right. did you how did you feel about the the soundtrack for Scarlet Scarlet Nexus? I thought it was fun, man. I I really loved the sort of like jazzy like mm-hmm. uh I don't know what you would say that it meets, but like I the I I just I really dug Scarlet Nexus soundtrack. I really I, I thought, thought about really picking cool. that game up, but um, and I watched like the first two episodes of the anime, and I did not like it at all, <laughs> at all. Like not, not even kind of, not even a tiny little bit. I maybe it was just the anime, like maybe it's just a bad adaptation, but it 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 was just bad. Yeah. Well, uh, at least the music's good. I, I that's the only thing from the anime I liked. I thought the the fucking intro was a fucking banger, and I was pretty hyped to you know watch the first episode. And then I got through the first two, and I was like, yeah, this fucking sucks. Yeah. Well, uh, congratulations to our winner, Sable. 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 Uh, and now we're on to uh, probably my favorite category of the Same. night. Biggest shit show. Last pop, year, pop. Pop, yeah, pop pop. Last year, our uh, n- winner was Marvel's Avengers. 
(laughs) 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 Sorry, Justin. Yeah. uh, And Red Blue. He called me out on the shit I said last year, so. (sighs) Well, uh, with that said, our nominees this year are Activision Blizzard's Sexual Assault Allegations, Cyberpunk 2077's Continued Mishandling, Everything about Blue Box Game Studio, <laughs> Google Stadia ends its first party development, and the Grand Theft Auto Remastered Trilogy. And Marvel's Avengers Year 2. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Marvel's Avengers wins again. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say, uh, coming off of the fact that Marvel's Avengers won last year, um, that game has made huge fucking strides. Yeah, it, is, it really is has. much better than it was last year. Much, much fucking better. <laughs> like, I almost feel bad that we gave it that. No, don't, because last year it deserved it. it yeah, l- last year it was, I, I think it was either going to be that or the CD Projects fumbling of Cyberpunk 2077, oh, which, my guess God. what, made it it's to this year. now. <laughs> because they still haven't rolled out a fucking patch for this goddamn game they pushed it back to next year like uh or well a next uh, gen patch i should next gen patch it's still fucked it's still fucked um as much as i hate mm, as much as i dislike cyberpunk 2077 i think the activision blizzard bullshit is probably hands down the worst thing that's happened this year because it's still not being handled appropriately. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree with that. Uh, being the worst that said, I kind of feel bad because I do think that, uh, it is a very serious thing. And I almost want to like, I, I almost feel like biggest shit show should be like, almost lighthearted, mm-hmm. like a lighthearted award. And I feel like the Activision Blizzard stuff is very I, That needs to be taken more serious <laughs> than what we're really yeah. doing. It. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that one is yeah. a pretty big shit show, but if it we're is. not going that No, out. yeah, yeah. No, I, I do 100% agree with that. Like, everything that's come out about that, I just like... Oh Christ on a yeah, cross! Yeah, it get, it gets worse. It's not even remotely yeah, gotten better. I, I I feel like I'm not saying that we would be making light of it, but you know, calling it something like the biggest shit show, I feel like, um, and just with the nature of our show in general, um, I feel like it's it's making a little too much light of it and might not be uh, appropriate uh, to said victims of controversy. Yeah, then don't don't put it there in front of me, because I'm gonna call it as the biggest shit show. Now that's not it. <laughs> I think the fucking Google Stadia thing is pretty hilarious. I'm not gonna lie. I it's, uh, how long was Google Stadia around for? Dude, see that's what I'm like. I I think it's funny, but like I also like like who who cared who cared in the first place. You know, it's, you make a compelling argument. Like who that, gave a fuck? Yeah, no one place. truly gave a shit, but that's what's so hilarious is as they funneled so much money into it, and then they're like, "Yeah, this isn't working out." Actually, it's like, dude, everyone told you that from day one. Yeah, and you continued three years. It looks like. Uh, yeah, it Caleb, launched in twenty eighteen. I guess. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Three whole years and Stadia's already fucking gone. And how much money did they funnel into it in that time? Because goddamn, uh, yeah. 
I don't know, man. What what are you guys feeling's biggest shit show? Um honestly, for me, I think it comes down to I I do think that it the absolute biggest shit show on here is definitely Activision Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Um but I I do also after writing that and after thinking about like what the shit show should mean i do think that it is almost like making fun of a situation that shouldn't be made fun of um yeah but for me i i think it comes down to everything about blue box game studio yeah that whole episode we did was kind of a not a shit show but we shed light on the shit show yeah Yeah. uh and and the grand theft auto trilogy uh i think that has just been a fucking so nightmare what's going on with that whole situation because like i've heard bits and pieces but it's not something that i've looked into too deeply okay so the definitive edition from what i can tell basically what happened was rockstar wanted to re-release these games for a new audience but they didn't have the bandwidth to do it themselves so they hired this external studio to port those games uh and i'm looking up the uh because like i i remember hearing shit like about how the switch ports were like borderline unfucking playable in any regard grove street games that's who it was mm-hmm. uh so these people from what i can tell um have a history of porting um games and uh this was probably their biggest get i'm Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it right now games so the definitive edition they had done uh, arc that that mmo ish type game yeah uh they ported that to ios and android and they ported bully to ios and android um but most of their stuff has been porting back to like older hardware. And this was their first time porting something to newer hardware. And the reason I think that this is really fucking funny is because there are, from what I could tell, they ported the iOS versions to these things or like to these new consoles. So they were running off code that was, made for fucking cell phones. <laughs> and that's really fucking obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but not only that, from what I understand, the um, CEO of Grove Street Games, y- you know, the studio that ported these, uh, responded to the entire controversy about the um, all of the bugs and stuff like that, that he enjoyed it. Like he was, he was enjoying the scrutiny and I was like, what, what are you like? What are you talking about? And he said, uh, I I've got it actually right now. Uh, this is a tweet. He said, it's so fun to see players out there really enjoying what we've put together for them. I honestly enjoy these, uh, unparalleled level of scrutiny on our studio today. We are celebrating our monumental project launch while we work on updates. Smiley face. What? The fuck? <laughs> what, <laughs> sir? Not the best response. 
Yeah. Uh, he also had something to say about um, Rockstar Studios. Uh, I, I don't remember what exactly it was that he had to say, but um, yeah, dude, this whole situation has just been like a, like, boy, oh, what the shit. fuck is happening here? Yeah. So, uh, but then, then you gotta look at fucking <laughs> blue box, man. I, I still don't know what the fuck's going on over there. I don't like, think they do either. They don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the thing. I don't think they have any fucking clue. So, uh, hang on. I'm going to see if I can find their Twitter real quick because they have a history of deleting tweets and stuff. Um, they do. Um, <laughs> so their last tweet that I can tell is from October 17th. that says a message from us human beings. <laughs> and then it's like a, a prepared. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Well, it's a, they have a picture of a prepared statement um, that kind of says something about like, uh, if I'm reading this correctly, it, they were getting like death threats and stuff like that. But I kind of feel like that only adds to the whole situation. The fact that yeah. these people are nobodies and they're getting like death, death threats. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> it's just this to me, I think is the biggest shit show. But I, I'm willing to concede if you guys are willing to fight on something harder. My vote's on Blue Box just because I, I have never seen a studio just have no concept of what to do and no, what's like, going on in my no idea what's going on. Life. <laughs> like it, like I feel like. I feel like their PR team is just like contemplating suicide on a daily fucking basis because they just have no idea what the fuck to do. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm going with Blue Box. I mean, Blue Box is fine. I, I still get a good chuckle out of Stadia. I've had a good chuckle out of Stadia since we talked What's about that? it earlier in the year. <laughs> like, I I have not stopped laughing at that. Grand Theft Auto is fucked. I, I do think that was handled poorly, but between Stadia and Blue Box, I mean, Blue Box definitely takes the cake for being the biggest fuck-ups. Yeah. God damn it. <sighs> All right. Well, um, it's time for our second break where we are going to talk about um, another patron's game of the year list. Ooh. Now, Jeffrey Scissortoe, uh, our lawyer. Yes. Our our legal counsel. <laughs> uh, he didn't put these in order, so I kind of put them in the order that I thought he meant them to be in because of the way he wrote about them. Um, so number five for him was Dungeon Encounters. Uh, and he said, this is an interesting little game from Square that is a mix between pen and paper RPGs and older Final Fantasy games. It's not perfect, but it's a great mix of those two genres, and it works. I think it's only on PC, but it's on its way to the Switch, where I think it will find its audience. That's fair. Uh, number four. Do what now? I said that's fair. I would be into that. Yeah, I, I think I would be, too. I feel like I heard about this recently 
on maybe another podcast or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, number four is Back for Blood. As someone that, or he wrote, as someone that used to play a lot of Left 4 Dead, as a way to socially connect with friends on Xbox Live, I really was looking forward to this and have been enjoying it quite a bit. Um, have either of you played Back for Blood since it came out? I've not. It's just not interested me. Like, I love Left 4 Dead, but Back for Blood is just not doing it for me. Okay. Well, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. I haven't booted it up since the beta. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to actively get some time in with it before game of the year, because I do think it was a big release and I would like to give it its fair shot. Um, Mm -hmm. if I can, uh, number three for him was Pokemon unite. And he wrote, if you would have told me that I'd start a new MOBA in 2021, I would have said, and, if you would have told me I would play a new Pokemon game in 2021 again and, but a Pokemon MOBA, I wouldn't have seen or thought I'd enjoy. And yet here I am. I love playing with this with my son and it's a lot of fun with a great community still playing it. Uh, you guys fell off of Pokemon Unite pretty quick, huh? Yeah, I lasted like two days. I lasted like a I've, day I've, longer than you. I played it um, for the better part of a week. I did stop because I got distracted on other shit, as I always do. But I enjoyed it. It's still downloaded onto my Switch. I have not removed it. Um, yeah, same. I, I don't know, man. It just... It is getting there if I. Yeah, and that's another thing is that they're consistently updating it, too. Like, they've not just dropped it. <clears throat> like, you know, fucking... What is it? Proletariat did with Spellbreak. They're, they're actually keeping up with their shit yeah. that they introduced. Um and like regular events for it and everything. It looks like a lot of fun. I had a blast playing it, but the thing that I'm worried about now is that the skill gap between where I am and where everyone else is now at, because they've kept up with it. It's so vast. It'll be hard for me to get back into it and not feel like a fucking slug. For sure. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Jeffrey's number two pick was Scarlet Nexus. And he said it's dark or it's anime Dark Souls and good. Argue against this and legal fees rise. Uh, well, I'm I'm not trying to get my legal fees up higher than they already are, Jeffrey. So, uh, and number one was League of Legends Wild Rift. And he said the folks at Riot have started really laying a foundation to get people into League this year, and Wild Rift was a huge step for acquire uh, for acquiring. Oh, okay, I see what he's saying. Uh, acquiring iOS and Android users. Um, I assume that this is a mobile port of uh, LOL. Is that right? Fuck if I know, man. Like he, that's the number one pick, and I was concerned because. I had no idea what Wild Rift was. There's a lot going on with League this year between Arcane and apparently this and the you know mm-hmm. actually League itself. So, I have no idea. From what, <laughs> what I from what I've read of it, it it seems like it's supposed to be more or less like a like a light introduction to the to the game. Oh yeah. Uh I'm looking at it right now. League of Legends now on mobile, play for free coming soon to consoles. 
So yeah, I guess it is like uh, a sort of like entry point for people uh, to be able to play League of Legends, which is cool. Uh, I not for me, but um, for the people that want to play it, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I have a hard, I have a hard time getting back in the league. I try, but that shit, that community is fucking toxic, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's they bad. are disgusting. Speaking of Scissor Toe, though, he did get us a new sponsor in Kevin's Heavy Petting Zoo over on Sardis Church Row. Just look for the nice van that has the free candy crossed out and now says Heavy Petting, and you have reached the destination. So thanks for that, Mr. Scissor Toe. Oh, Lord in heaven. <laughs> Where did he say it was? What was the it's over? Thing? It's over on Sardis Church Row. Is that not actually a street that's like right? Probably. Here? I'm like right 90. For, it's yeah. very close to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like at the end of. Uh, it's where the Walmart Hamilton is. Hill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, he said so. Today. He said go to Walmart on Sardis Church Road and look for the van that said free candy, but now says heavy petting. And Kevin will be there. He's a he's a fucking insane person, but I love him. <laughs> yeah. So great. Uh, all right, we've got our final four categories. Um, we're almost done. So we're almost done. Best narrative. Our nominees are, oh, God damn it. Why did you do this? I didn't do anything. Yeah, you did. You added Shin Megami Tensei, you son of a bitch. Because I wanted to add it somewhere. Okay. All right. Uh, in that case, I will get rid of this one. All right. Our nominees are... Oh, wait. Actually, uh, who won Best Narrative last year? That was Hades. Yeah. Of course Hades, it was. Hades won a lot. Should have fucking won Game of the Year. <laughs> well, it did. So. Uh, our nominees this year are Guardians of the Galaxy, Sable, Resident Evil Village, Life is Strange True Colors, and Shin Megami Tensei Five. <laughs> Dylan has not played any of these fucking games. <laughs> I've not, but I'm actually greatly curious to find out why Shin Megami's on this list. Because first Austin all, put it last minute. Yeah. <laughs> he said, first of all, <laughs> I wanted to put it somewhere because um, I, as much as I did love Diamond and Pearl, I think that Shin Megami 5 is going to be my game of the year. Oh, oh my god. Um I <clears throat> any listener of this podcast in the last couple of months knows that I fell in love with both Persona and SMT and I I think they're very very special franchises in the JRP genre and I think Shin Megami 5 is no fucking different. Um I think the story is fucking incredible. Um the the biggest draw to me for Shin Megami Tensei is uh and I think I've I've said it once on the show before is most JRPGs usually have the trope that ends with you're some kind of pre predestined child meant to save the world from a great evil. That's not what Shin Megami is. In most Shin Megami games, the world is already over and you're just kind of fighting to save what's left. Um, and to my knowledge, this is the first game that kind of flips that a little bit. It's not so much that the world's over, but that the world is currently ending. Um, the beginning of the game puts you, uh, into this kind of parallel dimension, uh, right alongside where you live at in Tokyo that is infested and overrun with demons. 
and you are able to freely go back and forth uh, between the real world and the uh, more uh, uh, demonized one. Um, but then even when you are in the real world, they are, like demons are finding their way out as well and kind of moving into uh, the dimension that your character is from. And I, that, I think that that's really fucking interesting. I don't know if uh, SMT4 had anything like that. I didn't play, obviously, I've only played 3 and 5 uh, because they're just the only ones available on modern consoles. Um, and I, I, I fucking love the narrative. Um, right when you enter that kind of demonized world, you, uh, you meet this kind of artificial man-made angel, um, or sort of thing. I don't, I, I haven't gotten far enough to where they really explain what the fuck that dude's about, but something about him is sketchy. Uh, you end up having the ability to fuse with this said creature and help fight back the demon infestation. Uh, when you get into the real world, you end up joining a team of, uh, uh, people who are able to form packs with demons and actually fight off other demons in a very similar way to the uh, Devil Summoner franchise, which is also an Atlas-made spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei, and I thought that that was really cool. And uh, I, it, it's my vote out of all these. I know I'm not going to fucking win it, but I, I really wanted this game to be somewhere on this list because it is absolutely my game of the year. All right. Well, no. so okay. it's not winning. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it might. It's probably not. Going it's to. not. <laughs> it is. Not. I don't. I don't want to give you false hope. Um. Yeah. God damn it! I wish you played Guardians. I, I, I wish me that too. you like. Stop. Stop fucking about. He can still play it by year's end. He can't. Like it's crunch time. potential. Yeah. Sure. No. I mean, I'm oh, calling out yeah. Friday, so uh, yeah, I might. Wow. So that might I'm over here dying Friday. on my deathbed, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to call out. Oh, yeah, I just don't want to go into work <laughs> Friday, so I'm not going to. Jesus Christ. I have sick time for a reason, and I fucking use it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Dylan, you don't have a hey. dog in this race at all, but uh, nope. have you seen it. any? Oh, oh, my. Jesus Christ. He said, put it down. Uh, have you seen any sort of like story trailers for any of these games? Like, do you have any sort of, uh, the only ones that I've invested heavily, mm, heavily is the incorrect word. The only ones that I've invested time into watching and keeping up with a little bit are guardian sable and uh village okay. village was at the more, uh, early point of the year. So I don't really have a huge recollection of what was happening. But Sable, <laughs> that one I actually wound up watching quite a few videos of, even after our time had come and gone with it um, in terms of talking about it on the podcast, just because I was kind of gearing myself up to play it, and I simply never did. But um, that being said, I don't know enough about the narrative itself to have an, a valid opinion on this. I am curious to know... Out of the three, I don't know, because you've just got finished playing Life is Strange as well, and I'm assuming Shin Megami's not on your list. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You're correct. So I'm actually torn here because I've, I, I feel like you would have gone for uh, Life is Strange, but w w what's your thinkings? So uh, for me, it is very hard 
but I I think that my pick would be Guardians. As a narrative, like as the narrative as experience? The, yeah, as the narrative experience. Um, my, my thing about Sable is that I think that it is less about like the story that it like like, like plotting like the the plot of the game and more about just how well the the writing is that moves like the story forward because okay real quick side tangent i hate arguing with people that don't understand this but story and plot are not the same thing plot is what actually happens and story is like the thematic things that happen like the story of or, or like the plot of a king losing a daughter and having to deal with the grief of that is the plot right but the story of of that plot would be like overcoming grief right mhm and people don't understand that, and I hate fucking arguing with people, but there is a distinct difference between the two. Sable's story is incredible, and the writing behind that is incredible, but it doesn't have a plot. There is no plot to that game. And I I put it in narrative uh, because the story and the writing is so, so good. Um... That said, I actually kind of think that Life is Strange uh, does a little bit of what Guardians does, but not as well. Um, Because there are a lot of things that go on with uh, Life is Strange where you're dealing with stuff like loss and acceptance and grief. Uh, like there's a lot of that going on within the story itself. And, and at the end of the day, the, the character's quote unquote superpower in this game is empathy and it's understanding emotions and also kind of like finding your place in the world and stopping like, uh, I stopping, uh, hating yourself. Um, and I think that Guardians does a lot of that stuff really well and doesn't actually hit you over the head with it at the end. Like my one knock about the narrative of Life is Strange is at the very, very end, it really does kind of like beat you with its messaging saying like, hey, did you get it? Hey, hey, did, did you understand what the story was about? Hey, hey, it's about this thing. And like that, that really kind of like annoyed me because the rest of the time, everything in that fucking story is real, real good. But it's the ending that it just, I was like, oh, why, why did you do that? Why, why do you gotta go do that? <laughs> um, that said, I want to put a real special shout out to Resident Evil Village because I really think that that game's story is overlooked. I really do think that there is stuff deeper in that story than people are giving it credit for. I really fucking do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My, my pick would be Guardians of the Galaxy, though. Uh, it's... Uh, this game made me 
almost I would say overly emotional. Um, there, I I cried a lot during this game. Uh, towards the end specifically, but like there were moments uh, even earlier in the game, um, like maybe like midway through, where I was like, "Oh man, this is uh, this is real good writing," mm-hmm. and I. The reason that I would go for it uh, for best narrative is because I I actually think that the best thing about Guardians is its narrative. I don't think that this game would have made it nearly as highly on my game of the year rankings list or would have made it uh, really almost anywhere on this list other than probably the the music and the, um, well, I guess it was rightfully chosen for all the, the categories that it was in, but uh, the the point being that it's the narrative in Guardians of the Galaxy that made me love that game. Yeah. So. No. <laughs> you let it go on for a long time. I was like, I'm gonna God see. damn it. See how long I didn't want to be rude and interrupt, but then I understood what was happening. <laughs> uh, oh, all right. Boy. So, I mean, what... what what are we doing here, fellas? Um, I don't have a fucking horse in this dog or whatever you said, so... Yep, that's what I said. Those are the words yep, that I said. that's it. Uh, I don't know. I don't really... I just know. vote for Shin Megami. <laughs> I mean, I know that I am the only one of the three of us that even has the slightest interest in that game, so I like I'm not surprised, and I really don't care either way. <sighs> Um, this is, this is your, is there a, uh, is there a category that is coming up, uh, that you feel stronger about than this? Me? Yes. No. Okay. No. Not I think we should go guardians because you said it made you cry. It did make me cry. That's There you go. Yeah. And you guys won Pokemon. So fuck you. That is true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's not even it. We won, we won Pokemon. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Our next uh, next category is best lead character. Last year, this was won by Abby from The Last of Us Part 2. This year, the nominees are Rivet from Ratchet and Clank A Rift Apart, Alex Chen, Life is Strange, True Colors, Drax, Guardians of the Galaxy, Juliana Blake from Deathloop, and Cole Vaughn from Deathloop. Um, I think uh, I think that this one is pretty much a shoe-in. Um, I loved all of these characters. Uh, Cole and Juliana would be the first ones I get rid of. Um, not because they're bad. I love the both of them, but I, I think that what sells me on them in particular is the performances and not necessarily the characters themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that the, the performances on, um, those, uh, of the actors on those two characters are really what endears me towards them. Um, so with that said, I, I think it's obvious who wins here, right? Yeah. Um, so when it came to Rivet, obviously, overall, like I said, this is my first true. Wait, we're not picking Drax? 
No, we're not fucking picking Drax. What the hell? Um, now, if if you are serious and you and Austin need to have a discussion real no, quick. No, Austin hasn't okay. played enough of Guardians of the Galaxy to get to the right. parts he where... He made it to a treehouse or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He made it to a treehouse. <laughs> this being my first starting uh, point for Ratchet and Clink, I didn't really have... A, a huge love for Ratchet and Clank themselves. I just kind of got thrown into a story and from there I went. Um, so it kind of was poetic that at the same time as getting to meet Ratchet and Clank for the first time, I got to meet Rivet and Kit. And throughout the game, I told you that I think Kit was the best supporting character. Um, I think everything about Kit's story, I think Austin said it, you know, that whole badass redemption arc it was great. It was fantastic. But seeing Rivet jump into the picture and her just be this really commanding presence whenever she was on screen was a lot of fun because I, I didn't really lean one way or nor the other when it came to do I prefer playing as Ratchet or Rivet. I didn't truly, but I did enjoy Rivet's time with Ratchet a lot I'm not going to say a lot more than Ratchet and Kit because that's not true, I think. But I enjoyed getting to watch the relationship flourish between Rivet and uh, Clank. Mm -hmm. um, I think they had a lot of great bonding opportunities. I think it was important for her to, you know, get Clank back to Ratchet. I just overall enjoyed how she interacted with characters um, throughout the, the systems that she visited especially like you know with her friends back at i forget what the home planet was but essentially it's the little toxic planet or whatever where you have to ride the slugs um there was just a lot of character development there um it's been a little bit since i've played it so a, a few things are not as fresh in my mind as i would like them to be but it's just a good time it, uh i think she really stole the show um and and the game her and kit both i think they're both winning their respective categories for great reasons mm-hmm yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I said it's obvious who wins because it's the only one that all three of us have played. Um, <clears throat> but not only that, I, I genuinely loved, uh, the time that I spent with, um, Ratchet and Clank because of, mm -hmm. uh, Rivet. I, I, I thought that her character was just something that was like really, Really incredible. Uh, I, I just latched onto her immediately and was like, I was there, you know? Um, yeah. With that said, uh, I do want to shout out to Alex and Drax. Um, Alex is a, I, I think, a deeper character than uh, I had initially thought um, because... I kind of thought, like, since you're playing her, like, this is something that I think kind of bothers me when people put, like, Master Shepard as, like, one of the greatest characters or, or in video games or whatever. Because, like, Commander Shepard is almost a blank canvas. There, there almost is no personality to him. Like, why do people put him up on a pedestal him or her or the same thing with the uh with the dragonborn from skyrim i like they're a nothing character 
Like there is no character. They are just an avatar for you. And in many ways, I kind of feel like that's the same way with a lot of the adventure games. Like, uh, kind of like, uh, not necessarily all, uh, graphic or, uh, what's the visual novels are like this, but a lot of visual novels have you like have a stand in character for you. And, I, I don't necessarily think that that's bad, but I, I do think that like making them any sort of like greatest video game characters is kind of bullshit because they're not a character. They're just a stand in for you. And I feel like Alex is, could, ha, could be seen that way, but I think that she stands out much in the same way that Lee does in Walking Dead where she is kind of like an avatar for you like you get to make decisions for her but she's totally a full-fledged character that has her own stuff to deal with and when I got to the towards the end of this game and I was seeing what was going on in her past I was like oh okay and it kind of like recontextualized what the game was about to me. And I really enjoyed that. Um, as far as Drax goes, Drax is just a fucking standout in that game. I, I love every single character in Guardians, but uh, Drax has some of the funniest moments and has probably the most touching moment of the entire game. Um, I, I loved him and I loved the performance that was given by that voice actor. Um, I think that Drax is really part of the reason that that story works so well in guardians. Um, it really hinges on, on his story arc and I think he's great. This one's going to Rivet, so congratulations, <clears throat> Rivet. All right, fellas, last category. Well, sort of kind of last category. Yeah. Uh, we got best old game. Last year, Fire Emblem Three Houses was our winner. This year, our nominees are What Remains of Edith Finch, Spyro the Dragon Remastered, Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne, Maneater and a Plague Tale Innocence. Do we want to argue? I mean, you put mine on there for me. Yes. Yes. So I didn't even choose to add anything else. I feel like a, what I've done a lot of this year is playing um, older games. That's just what I've done. I didn't play too many 2021 titles. There was a good handful, but nothing crazy. Um, a huge part of my time this year, and I'll talk about it in a few minutes, was spent on Spyro. The, just the complete reignited trilogy. I had a blast with it. I had a ton of fun. I think it's remarkably done, and it looks beautiful, and it's a lot of fun, man. I, I absolutely loved it. That's my choice out of all of these, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Austin, Shin Megami Tensei 3 is yeah. yours. Um, <clears throat> I'm been really quiet because I'm I'm feeling significantly worse. Um, 
I put it did technically come out this year, but the reason why I put it here is because it, it is just just a remaster and kind of barely a remaster at that. Um, I that same along with five. I think it's a fantastic fucking game. Um, I, I I know a lot of uh, a lot of the community behind Shin Megami Tensei feels like this is kind of the peak of the series and the best example of the series. And from what I've experienced, I could not, uh, disagree. Um, I, 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 I'm trying to think of how to put this into words, but I'm so fucking delusional at this point. This is a little fucking difficult. Um, I just think it's great. I, I think it's the epitome of, uh, the kind of dark souls of, I, I like, I think it's the dark souls of JRPGs. I think that this is an extremely fucking difficult game, but it also extremely fucking rewarding at the same time. And I think I, I think they did a really good job with the port. It doesn't feel um, it doesn't feel uh, it doesn't have the same dated feel that maybe playing the original release from two thousand two would feel. Um, and when and being brought to modern consoles, they did also make it a little more accessible uh, by adding a merciless option um, or merciful option which just makes the game ridiculously fucking easy. Um, but even then, uh, like what happened to me, I played the game on Merciful because I wanted just to get it done very quickly before 5 came out. And an enemy got a lucky one-hit kill, and I lost seven hours worth of progress because I'm a dumbass and don't save on time. Um, but uh, it's, <laughs> I think it's a great fucking game, and I think it's, especially for its price point, I mean, I think on launch it was only thirty nine ninety nine on all, all platforms. It's... Well, all platforms except Xbox, because that's the only thing it wasn't available on. Um, but I, I think if uh, I think it's a fantastic way to give a potential new generation of SMT and Persona fans a uh, nice little uh, stepping stone to kind of get into the franchise. I think it's very good. I also just think it's a really good fucking game. Like story wise, it's it's fucking great. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, uh, I played four of these games. <laughs> um, Plague Tale, I actually played, uh, I had played when it launched, but I played it again for, uh, Culture Pop Selects. Um, I really like that game. It's really good. Uh, go listen to that Culture Pop Selects episode if you want to hear, like, my full thoughts on it. But, uh, yeah, I think it's very good. Um, Maneater I played earlier this year and it was one of the funnest times I had in the early goings of 2021. Uh, I just had an absolute blast playing that game. Uh, I think I played it on PS five and it was my first platinum on PS five. Uh, I just had an absolute blast. So that's why it uh, is there. What Remains of Edith Finch, um, I also played for Culture Pop Selects, and goddamn, well, actually, no, that's not true. I decided to do it for Culture Pop Selects because I played it earlier this year. That's what happened. Uh, getting back to what I was saying, goddamn, uh, this game <laughs> made me quite emotional multiple times. It is a really well-told story. Um, I really, really loved every second I spent with it. Um, 
It's just a really great game. Uh, but my pick here also is Spyro the Dragon Remastered. Uh, I don't know what to say other than I I think that Spyro the Dragon Remastered is exactly how we should do every single remaster uh, because it's not really even a remaster. It's like a full-on, from-the-ground-up remake. Um, they updated the visuals. They updated some of the wonky-ass controls from the PS1 and made it accessible. And Spyro the Dragon is still one of the best fucking playing games on the PS1. Um, I Yeah, I just... I loved it. I platinum Spyro 1. I... Went to start Spyro 2 and got distracted by other things. Um, but yes, I, I think that it is great, great, great game. Uh, and that, that would be my choice, which means oh, yeah. it wins, correct? Two out of three? It wins. It wins. All right. So finally, uh, I have this little thing here uh, where we're going to list out our favorite moment of 2021. No nominees, just talking about our favorite moments. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll start. Uh, so this year, um, marked a shift in how we were doing things, uh, cause it was just a hobby and now it is, um, grown into something a little bit more substantial not much more like we're not like fucking gigantic podcasters or whatever, but, um, we launched our Patreon this year and we actually just very recently within the last, uh, three weeks, I think, uh, hit our very first goal. And I think that's a, a big step for us. And, um, I think that our podcast is something that I enjoy doing greatly and uh, I would uh, like to continue doing uh, in some sense. So the Patreon really helps, and I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for the people that have uh, decided that we are worth their time and money. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that's one of the, the big standout moments for me. I think that's what makes us fun it's because at the end of the day i i do this because i enjoy once a week just at least sitting down with you guys to have a conversation about something um even if we weren't recording this this would still be something fun to do would we do it i don't know but it's kind of great that we have that opportunity that being said it's even more cool that people want to support this and support us you know in that same regard it's cool that they think that we're worth that amount of time you know that money is money i mean you you don't have to pay to be a listener of the podcast we're still going to put it out either way but the fact that people want to go that extra step is kind of awesome and it shows that they like what we do for sure stop it Oh, wait. He's actually not here. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I had to mute my mic for a second. Sorry, Shit. guys. My bad. <laughs> no, fuck you. No, fuck you. Um, Do you want to? Austin, uh, go ahead and tell Welcome me about, about your favorite moment of 2021. My favorite moment of 2021 probably shouldn't come as any surprise, but that was the announcement of a 
Gen 4 remake in the form of Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. However, not just because it was a brand new Pokemon game. Um, that's not why I think I was excited for it. I think what... So, I, like, I remember very, very specifically um, when the original Diamond and Pearl were coming out. I remember being very upset because extremely poor and did not... Like, I had a Game Boy Advance that was, like, barely hanging on. The hinges were fucked up. Like, I, if I played my Game Boy Advance, I had to use a TV remote to prop the fucking screen up. Um, so, like, I had no way of getting those games. And then uh, <clears throat> I remember somebody in my family surprised me with, with a DS and Pokemon Diamond, and it was a big thing for me. And I, I, I remember just being ecstatic. Um, this remake is something that, I've, that I know I've wanted for a long fucking time and that the community as a whole has wanted for a very long fucking time. Um, I mean, there, there's evidence left over in the data for uh, Sun and Moon that uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes were originally planned for the 3DS, but just didn't happen. Um, and then we finally got it on the Switch, and it was everything I wanted it to be. Um, I, 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 a lot of people have complaints with these games, but I, I really think that for a company that, to my knowledge, had not done a full video game before, um, I think they knocked this shit out of the fucking park. Um, so much so that I almost kind of wish Nintendo would hand them the reins and fire Game Freak. Because I think they've done a better job than Game Freak has since 2010. Um, but I think another key factor of what made this release so special for me was seeing how excited Josie was just over the TV spots and the trailers that we watched together. Um, every time a Pokemon Presents came out, if I was at work, I watched it with her as soon as I got home. I wouldn't even watch it at work. Um, I would I would save it so I could be excited with her. We could watch it together. Um, you know, if I was off, uh, like I remember there was one day, uh, I think it was the second, the second big piece of footage they released for the game. I happened to be off that day and... Me and Josie woke up early, and we uh, watched it at like 8.30 when it premiered, and we were excited. And uh, when the games finally came out, I was, I mean, jo me and Josie went and picked up our copies together. And I think that that is something that I hopefully feel like she's going to remember for a long time. And uh, I, I think it, like... I I have a lot of problems connecting with my children because, uh, and also, sorry, this is going to get dark for a second. Um, I have problems connecting with my children because I never had a biological dad or father figure to connect to. And so I'm, I'm always a little bit scared that I'm not doing something right or um, I'm not connecting with them the way that I should be. And the fact that me and Josie do have this franchise that we both enjoy, and I see her playing. Um, she's a child, so she's not, you know, she's she's still kind of new and understanding the concepts. But, I mean, she's, she's on the seventh gym leader, and I'm not helping her in the fucking slightest. I am not even remotely helping her. I don't know how she's doing it, but she's doing it. And she's doing fucking great. And I, I am just very glad that we had this specific game as... Uh, something to uh, really bond over. And I I hope that we can continue this for, for years and years and years. That's fucking awesome, man. That's and Like, I started smiling through that because, 
I know you said you don't really have a lot to bond with them over, but it sounds like you're a pretty fucking great dad. Thanks, man. I try. Yeah. I try. Anyway, enough about you. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Um, mine's super simple because I talk about it all the time. <laughs> uh, mine was just getting two no damage runs in Spyro 1 and 2. I started off my year streaming on Twitch, just kind of streaming whatever I wanted to. And then I got really into the no hit community because they were doing Dark Souls shit. And I know that I, I mean, maybe I could do that, but it's not something that I wanted to invest my time into immediately but i did love spyro a lot and no one had ever done it and i wanted to give it a shot and i worked hard for a huge part of this year which is a a reason one of the reasons why i didn't really get to the 20 games like i should have um just because four or five six months out of my life were spent streaming and it was just an amazing ride and i got video proof on my youtube channel that I did something that no one else has, or at least they didn't film themselves doing it. Um, and it was trial and error, and it was a wild ride with the fantastic community, and they supported me the whole way. And I miss it a lot, but I, I did it. I set out to do what, you know, no one had done, and I accomplished it, and it felt great at the end of the day. And I still... Like having that in the back of my mind, like, hey, I, I've done that. I did that. So that was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. I love yeah. that for you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this, I, I think that it's not only big for you because um, because you got it, but it's big for you because, uh, I mean, you started, I think, like late last year, but like you really started like like in depth doing it uh early last year the streaming thing and you got yeah relatively big man like i mean you made twitch uh well not partner but uh affiliate right yeah affiliate yeah i'm an affiliate and that was a huge part of it too it's just like this whole thing started really to take off with spyro one and two like it it really started to that's how i became an affiliate is because people were genuinely interested in what i was doing um, I had support, even though they were Dark Souls runners and, you know, Bloodborne, whatever, they still supported me because they were like, holy shit, that's kind of awesome. No one's done that. So it was it was a wild ride. And then I look forward to going back to it eventually. Maybe not no hit running, but just a little something. We'll see. Yeah, I keep trying to get to the, uh, <clears throat> get to my, my scheduling and, um, trying to figure out a way to make it uh work for me but yeah it's hard it's hard i i enjoyed it when i was doing it but yeah um yeah well uh yeah that's that's that's, that's the end of uh our categories for this year so congratulations to all the winners um that all said, let's go ahead and get our picks of the week so we can get out of here. Uh, my pick of the week is a little movie from, or not a little movie, uh, a little video from Chris Stuckman, a film YouTuber, um, pretty well known. He has close to 2 million subscribers on YouTube, uh, so pretty well known, and I don't like usually doing that, but I feel like uh, this is a video and by proxy a um 
cause that I will stand behind. It's called Why Don't We Make Them Like They Used To, or Why Don't They Make Them Like They Used To. And it's very specifically about the impact that streaming and, uh, you know, the box office and stuff, uh, how all of that correlates to why we don't get, uh, you know, more mid to larger budget movies that aren't MCU or DCEU or insert other IP here type movies. Mm. Um, and how the death of that like little like mid budget movie is, is gone. And uh, I think that he says a lot of things that I feel on the subject and um, I think he's a hundred percent correct. And I think it's a good video that he uh, kind of put together for everybody. So go check that out. For sure. Uh, my pick of the week is not very unknown. Uh, it is uh, the anime JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, I started reading this uh, over the weekend, and I absolutely fucking adore this series. Uh, it, it, it's one of those. It's one of the series I put off a long time because I genuinely fucking despise its fan base. Um, it's the same reason why I put off watching Attack on Titan for as long as I did. It's just, it, they just seem to have the most atrocious fucking fans uh, ever. Um, but it, I, I have never seen a series be so just off the wall and random and weird and bizarre, but, but still have these, these memorable, just charming fucking characters. Um, and and I, I really fucking adore it, and I, I can't wait to finish it. Um, it, it is available for streaming on Netflix, and I know that the Shonen Jump app that I talk about here a lot, that I use literally every fucking day, um, <clears throat> has uh, parts one through five. For some reason, they don't have the Stone Ocean arc, and I'm not sure why. I'm going to have to go way out of my way to fucking find that, and I'm kind of frustrated with it. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm super excited to get through the rest of this show. It's so fucking good. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think I've put mine on here before. I'm not sure. It's a song by Starfucker called Never Ever. Just I like Starfucker. Starfucker's pretty great, man. Um, and this just follows the theme of the kind of music they make. So check it out. It's it's its own thing. Just whatever. I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh yeah, I see you're ready to go. You didn't even put nicknames down for everybody. Dude, I, my my brain's not doing good. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Uh, well, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bob, Honey Pixels, and the Culture Bob family of content. Culture Bob is available on Twitter at Culture underscore Bob, on Instagram at Culture underscore Bob, on Facebook. Nope. I need to just go ahead and get rid of that. I do that every time. All right. Uh, and on YouTube at Culture Bob. I am available on Twitter at the Bebop Man 182 on Instagram at Bebop Man 182 and on Twitch at the underscore Bebop Man. Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzy TV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on YouTube at OMDizzy. Finally, we got the one and only Austin Stevens on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Plays, on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. Finally. <laughs> 
Oh, God. If you're looking to support the podcast or any of the endeavors that we're undertaking as Culture Pop, then go to patreon.com slash Culture Pop and toss us a pledge. We're offering some very cool perks. Uh, and once we start hitting our goals uh, or continue hitting our goals, ooh, uh, even more content will be on the way. So uh, that is it. That is the end of our show. We're going to get out of here now. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, goodbye.